welcome everyone to another episode of Four Layered Takes. This time we are starting a whole new series, Love to Craft Country. It's black people, it's horror, it's racism, it's all the things. I'm Kim. <laughs> it's me, Mimi. It's your girl, Mel. And this and week, we friend, don't have Marcus. We don't, but I don't know if he's going to be AKA Michelle Obama or AKA Atticus Freeman. I don't know who he would be this week, but. He probably would be Michelle Obama. Obama. Yeah. Yeah. We can all just be AKA Michelle Obama because she put it down. Night one, DNC. It is what it is. I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to be like I said what I said. I really, really want to. She should have said that. Let's just let's just go there. You know, she keeps talking about going high. I'm done going high. That's why the Lincoln. That's why the Lincoln Project tweeted out, "We go low so you can so you don't have to." I was like, "That's what I'm talking about." That's but they're the ones who create, like y'all, the Republicans that created Donald Trump. So Lincoln Project should be doing what they need to do. It's your people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, when they go low, I think we kick them in the, in the throat or the teeth. That's when what they, I think we should do When now. they go low, I go to the flow. Okay. I think, <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Like, I, I don't want to go high. I'm done going high. I'm like, done I, going I, high. I, no more. No more. So we're going to keep it. We have what day? Today is day two of DNC. So Clinton, Bill Clinton's tonight and um, Dr. Jill Biden is tonight. And okay. AOC. Oh, at AOC. But they said she only got a minute. People were mad. Yeah. Bernie did really well. I'm not a Bernie Sanders fan, but he did really, really well last night. I, I, um, I really enjoyed his speech, to be honest. Yeah. I don't usually, I don't usually enjoy him regularly. Right. I like the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> okay, guys. We made it to another week. Thank God. We made it to another show. So we are starting Love craft country i kept calling it lovecraft county for some reason i don't know why i did that so lovecraft because <laughs> love i think i had a touch of it too i was like what in country county <laughs> so are they all in massachusetts in massachusetts um in the first episode uh like him said it's called sundown this episode was directed by jan dimage um jan Jan also also directed White Boy Rick. I didn't see that. Uh, Did you see White Boy Rick? I thought you. I thought you did. Did you like it? It was cool. Okay, I didn't see it. And he uh, also directed uh, a lot of episodes of Top Boy, which I have watched some of on Netflix uh, with BBC. I just haven't like. I guess it's kind of like the British version of The Wire a little bit. They build it as such, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, and Top Boy. So Top Boy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, it was so much going on. I just haven't had a chance to really get into it, but I definitely put it back on my list. Uh, the showrunner, um, who every and writer of this show, uh, who everyone is hailing, is um, Misha Green, uh, who did Underground, Spartacus, which was one of my favorite shows. That was, yeah, that was so good. She did Spartacus. And, yes, I did not. Um, she wrote a few episodes of Spartacus, um, and she did Helix which was a show that used to be on uh, Sci-Fi Channel. It only had a couple of seasons. That shit was so good and so weird. 
And I was sad it just kind of went away. You know, myself just like, oh, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, she is phenomenal. And this show is executive produced by Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. So uh, you have these two horror and science fiction, you know, giants colliding. And we know Jordan Peele from, of course, Key and Peele, Get Out. Um, uh, he is really becoming the voice in horror um he's also doing the new tw uh, twilight zone on uh cbs yeah. and we all know jj abrams from everything um i know him and have hated him mostly because of lost um <laughs> he's done some I'm trying to get since, yeah he's done some good stuff since lost so don't he has. he has yeah but i still hold a very uh that was seven years of my life that i can't never get back and they were just dead and i was like wait what you told me that they weren't dead so, and Y'all talk about me in Game of Thrones. That was 25,000 years ago, and you still ain't over it. I'm never letting go. I'm just holding a grudge. I'm Game never of Thrones was last year. <laughs> I'm never going to be over it. I'm never going to be over it. But I've loved a lot of stuff that J.J. Abrams has done uh, since then. So big, big ups to, uh, to both of those production companies. Um, the show is based on a book that was written in 2017 by Matt Ruff. Um, and it was about um the terrors of life for black people in jim crow america um and kind of those lingering effects that jim crow america has on, had on black people um it was a blend of historic fiction pulp noir lovecraftian horror and fantasy um this story in the book the story was set in 1954 and followed a 22-year-old army veteran named atticus turner um as he and his uncle and his childhood friend uh tried to find his father that had gone missing so i've only listened to two podcasts about this because i didn't i don't ever want to like pull other people's information into like what we're doing here um but i did listen to i don't know if i sent this to you guys uh the chat on tv podcast and they have all read the books so they read the book they know that so they're comparing the book to the tv show i didn't say any more about the book because a lot of the last names and some of the characters are changed from the book to the tv show so i don't want to get confused i'm not gonna i'll read it after we finish this because i really think it's going to be a good read um but they were just saying like in the book they were comparing the characters that were now on screen and they were like oh i thought that that person looked like this or looked like that so there is but there's definitely going to be a difference um it started with a lot of the last names okay because i didn't know so, any of that i thought it was based on on um like a lovecraft book and they kind of switched the characters and made them black or switched stories out a little bit like that so i didn't know it was okay i got you yeah he put he pulled in a lot of lovecraft's um uh writing styles and the horror style into this book. i got you I've never read any, I've never read an entire H.P. Lovecraft. I don't read what they call horror. To me, Lovecraft is much more um, science fiction. Mm -hmm. So I do read Octavia Butler. Um, and it's, easy, it's hard for me to read science fiction because I can't imagine what certain things look like where I can, like, you know, in fantasy or like anything other. Like, I don't know. In my mind, I can't go to like, this animal looks like this or this alien looks like this with a million. Like, it doesn't transfer. Mm -hmm in my imagination for some reason so um so yeah I'm, it's gonna be interesting once we finish this and then to go back to read the book to see kind of uh how everything kind of plays out yeah but i'm excited um so the show is actually starring uh the following people so we have the main character at it in in the show his name is atticus freeman um, and he is playing by Jonathan Major. We have Uncle George, who is his father's brother. And that's Courtney B. Vance, who is already coming out the blocks hot. He's doing such a great <laughs> job. 
Uh, we have a character, Latita or Letty Lewis, and that is Journey um, Smollett. We have, Hi and I, I'm, I'm going to pronounce her name incorrectly. Please forgive me. Hi, Polita. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I I think I um, and then Anjabe Ellis. And I, please forgive me if I, I mispronounced I her name. Hippolita. I think it's Hippolata. Hippolata? Yes. Hippolata. Okay. Hippolata is free Anjanu. Ellis. Yes. So Hippolata is. Um, I love. Oh, my gosh. She's phenomenal. In she everything plays. Yes. She plays um, Uncle George's wife. We have Dina or Dee in the show, and that's Jada Harris, and she is the daughter of uh, George and Hippolyta. We have Ruby Baptiste, um, who is played by, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pronounce her name correctly, Wumini Masoku. Um, and she's been in Luther and a lot of other shows. And I saw her face, I was like, oh my god i she is so she's so phenomenal um then we have which we kind of saw um this one white character that i'm going to call out right now christina bratz white and she's played by abby lee um so those are the only characters that i pulled out now so i feel like they were the main ones that were introduced in this first episode a lot happened in this first episode <laughs> a lot happened a lot happened um but it was i felt how did y'all feel overall just because when I, when I was watching it the first time, honestly, I was a little bit bored. And then it was like, then I was scared. Then I was like, okay, this is a lot of blood. Like, that's kind of like, oh. And then I was like, let me, hey, Kim, this is a little bit scary. <laughs> so I like, I like sent a group message like, Kim, this is kind of scary. I don't want you to be scared. And I sent my other friend whose name is Kimberly. She's so scary. She was like, she hates watching. I was like, please do not watch this. Please do not watch this. You'll be scared. It's a monster. So. <laughs> no it was quite gore it was more it was more gory than i expected especially for the first episode um okay. but uh, i felt like uh like i was saying a lot happened um and if the the <laughs> if this is the pace of the rest of the season this there's a shitload of stuff that's going to <laughs> to happen because most first episodes don't fill you with this much information or whatever i feel like mm -hmm. um i was just surprised that the monsters came in so early i guess that's oh. okay i didn't feel i didn't feel like it was i thought it was a lot going on but i didn't feel like it was that much information like i'm like it was a, it good was a lot of information i felt like it was a lot of information mm -hmm. it felt it felt more like black stranger things than okay. like um this okay. horror so I was like, oh, it's an adventure. Oh, they're monsters. Okay. <laughs> You're like, it's all right. And then you watch it in the daytime. So it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, I watched it in the daytime. So it wasn't that bad. <laughs> and in the daytime, the blood looked really fake. It didn't mm -hmm. look like real blood. So I was like, oh, you know, okay. Yeah. I know I was trying to get my mom to uh, watch it and she missed the first part because of something. And then by the time she got back to the television at the, um, like towards the end of the show, she was like, oh, let me turn it back to it and see what's going on. And she caught the very end where like heads were being <laughs> bitten off. And she was like, oh no, I won't be watching this. <laughs> I was like, what do you have me watching? I know. I was like, you, you know, the first 40 minutes weren't like that, mom. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> not at I all. Like, I was like, please pick up the pace because I was like, oh, uh, okay, I, I'm getting bored now. Let's go. 
You should have told your mom, it's a drama. It's a, a traveling road show. It's a, I know. a little sure. car chase. And at the end, there may be monsters. Like there may be, we don't know. There may be monsters. Right. But I'm, I'm such a fan of like horror movies and horror noir. Um, and I watch, I, you know, to me, it was just a nod to Sam Raimi and, um, kind of Cabin in the Woods and, uh, it just, the blood when it went everywhere, it just reminded me of, um, Evil Dead, the, the movies, uh, uh, that Raimi did. And it was like all this extra blood going crazy and people getting limbs cut off and getting bitten and turning into things. I was like, oh, okay, this is my speed. Like, okay, this is my speed. Cause that, that shit didn't scare me. Like. The monsters, I was not, like, it was a jump scare, but not, like, I wasn't, like, in the pit of my stomach scared by no monsters. No. Like, that, that, yeah. the <laughs> that didn't scare me, um, but I yes. didn't know what, you know, Kim, what she views as being scary. <laughs> so I was just like, well, yeah, it's scary. It's not, that didn't scare me, but, um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I was like, yeah, it's kind of, it's more than what I thought it was going to be. So in yeah. all fairness, had I seen this, at the at night on Sunday, I probably would have been like more like suspense than like scared. But since then, mm -hmm. hey, I've read a couple articles. I saw for myself, and I was like, oh, this this wasn't so bad. This wasn't scary at all. In some ways, it was actually predictable. So, yeah, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's why I feel like my, my friends that are scary said the same thing you said. They were like, this wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like, okay, we just can wait. We can do this. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I feel like those probably going to get like the rest that. of the trailer. All right. I don't know. Get crazy. Yeah. I don't know where this shit is going to, where this is going to go. I have no idea where it's going. Where Me either. Yeah. Let's, let's go. <laughs> um, so then we have, so understanding that HP Lovecraft was a writer, um, back in the twenties, he, uh, started this magazine called Pulp uh, Fiction. And it was kind of like sci a collection of science fiction and horror, um, kind of this public, small publish, uh, publication. He came from a very affluent family that lost their money. So he actually died very poor. He never got a chance to actually make a lot of money. Um, and he wasn't really recognized for the, for the writer he was or the brilliance he was for creating the horror genre um, and kind of the, the sci-fi horror genre. Um, so when he passed away, he passed way very uh like i said very poor um and he was also a terrible racist so that plays a lot into this and i think that's where uh the book that was written really kind of this is it's his world um he wrote a uh, very very and we'll they'll uh, talk about it in the show um a poem about you know being a nigger like the creation of a nigger and so this man was he not just black people he he, he hated immigrants he hated black and brown peoples so, also a trump supporter i got you yes so just, just an all-around terrible person. So I wasn't sad that he died poor. No. Sorry. Um, so we start off with this amazing, beautiful scene of, it was kind of a war, like trench warfare. There were monsters and there were spaceship with this sexy alien lady that came down. We see this young man who is uh, um, in the military and we're kind of following him. He's trying to survive it. 
Um, and then the lady kind of whispers something in his ear and she comes down from the spaceship. And then you see like this huge monster with all these tentacles come and he's like about to eat them up. And then you just see a baseball bat kind of kill the monster and it's Jackie Robinson. <laughs> and then Atticus wakes up on a bus. And I was like, where? I was like, I don't know what. I was so, so, I didn't know where that was going to go. And I was like, I think we really jumped into the deep end with this show. That's what I'm saying. It was so much going on. I Like, I don't know. But was, I knew that was a dream. Like, I was like, this is a dream sequence. I don't know what made me think that, yeah. but I was like, okay, this is a dream sequence. The lady, I have no idea what her purpose was or what she whispered to him. It was just sec- that was weird. And I was like, okay, so Jackie Robertson, first black man to integrate baseball, he slays the monster, which is white supremacy. But then guess what? It comes back. And he <laughs> and it comes back. And then he wakes up. So, I was like, I was like, I think you need something other than this bat. Back. You need something other than this bat to kill this big monster. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Um, I didn't realize it was a dream, a dream sequence until I saw the bat. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this, this is going to be crazy. Oh, oh, there's a bat and there's a sexy alien lady. <laughs> so, okay, we woke up. So um, it was a really, I thought it was a really cool way to start off the show. Something very unexpected. Um, so Atticus wakes up, he's on a bus, he's headed to Chicago um, and he has this uh, book on his uh, chest that he's reading and it's a, called a Pulp Fiction. I think that Pulp Fiction to me is sci-fi or science fiction horror. Um, and it's called Princess from Mars. Um, so he kind of wakes up in kind of a start and the book is there and the bus breaks down um, and they won't let the, he and there's another black woman on the bus and they won't let them, you know, w- uh, drive to the next town or where they need to go because they're black. So the white people get on like this this car or whatever drive away and then they force them to walk so as they're walking the lady asks you know asks him like why are you reading that book and or what's in this book and he tells him it's about a confederate soldier that goes to the red planet to mars and he saves the day and she was like don't know confederate people say today like they're terrible like hashtag turn down all the 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 confederate monuments (laughs) but he's like you know it's okay if you're a hero let the person just be a hero he's trying to save the day um, and then she asked him, like, you know, what are you up to? He says, um, you know, uh, we find out during this scene that he joined the army to get away from his father. Um, and now his father has gone missing. So he has to go back and try to find him. So that's kind of how we how we kind of start this whole scene. These two black people walking down this very long row with their luggage. And we find out that Atticus father has gone missing unexpectedly. And now he has to, to go uh, find him. Can I just say that I am loving that HBO has these black men reading books. Now they might fall asleep with the books on their chest, but in The Watchmen, he was reading books all the time. And I was like, okay, Atticus reading books all the time. And then we'll get to, you know, later more books. I was like, I am loving all the black men reading. I loved it. It just, I was just like, oh my God, black nerds unite. This is so great. Yay, black geeky people. Just keep in mind that they had to walk um, this long way because the bus broke down and the people who came to to the rescue only rescued the white people. (laughs) And I was like, where are they even walking? Because they're like, there was a sign for Kentucky, but I'm like, I don't know where they are. Uh, And they just had to walk. You know, you just have to do what you have to do. Um, It seemed like they were still in Kentucky. Okay. And I was like, they were probably safer walking that road than being on the back of this uh, pickup truck. 
um, I don't know. I just, the whole thing just made me mad. I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Let's get it together. Um, so he, so we know uh, right now he's on his way to Chicago. So the next scene we is in Chicago and, and Atticus is on an uncle. Um, are kind of having some pillow talk and some sexy time. And uh, we find out that they're talking about uh, something that we have heard about. There's a movie that was uh, produced about it uh, called The Green Book. And The Green Book Guide was for Black people to travel through Jim Crow America and kind of find safe places, so safe diners and safe hotels for them to stay at so that um, when they were in certain towns, they wouldn't be, you know, arrested or killed uh, or lynched. So he, we find out that Uncle George actually is the writer and he has a book called The Safe Negro Travel. So he and his, uh, he goes out, he travels, he'll write the notes and then his wife, um, she transcribes them and that's how they make the guide. And so I was like, oh, it's a nice sexy way to start a, start a morning. I like it. <laughs> so um, again, we find out that uh, Uncle George is Atticus's father's brother. So his dad's name is Montrose. So um, Montrose has gone missing. And this is why he had to come back to Chicago. So uh, George um, and, uh, and I'm going to say her name wrong again. What how's your name pronounced? Ingenue Ellis? No, her. Or, oh, Hippolata. Uh, I think that's how it's. Hippolata. Okay. Hippolata. Uh, I just so, want to say I like all the names of all the characters. Um, I mean, Uncle George was basic as fuck. But everybody but else had. Even that in the bed, I was like, he looked like an Uncle George. I mean, he he. According <laughs> to Vance, it's been old forever. I said this in the the, the photograph podcast, but I was like, he looked like mm-hmm. an Uncle George. Just some old man. I don't no sex appeal about him, but he was trying. He has some pretty eyelashes though. But that's pretty much it. That's the gist of it. Um, and then we know that they have a daughter named Dee and she's kind of, you know, she's an artist. She makes comic books and, and the like. And she's just kind of out in the living room while they're having a sexy time. And Atticus jumps up like, hey, you know, I'm back home. So she's excited to see him. Um, and uh, the next scene is they're going into his uncle's, getting his car, you know, ready to go on the next trip. So he kind of walks into the workshop and he picks up a book by H.P. Lovecraft um, that is published by Arkham House. And it's called The Outside the outsider and the others. I have not read this book. Um, I don't know this book. Um, so I, I, I can't tell you what it's, uh, what that's about, but then he talks about, you know, his dad really hated when he, uh, picked up anything from Lovecraft and he actually knew the poem and it was called, uh, the creation of the nigger. And that is something that Lovecraft, um, uh, wrote. And in their companion piece to the show is a podcast with some of the writers from the show and, and I think we all got that link. I think Kim, you sent it to us. And they actually they recited the poem, and it was pretty disturbing and and quite evil. So I, I read some of it. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't read it. Yeah. Okay. I is it really like super super long, like pages? I, I mean, I, I just read some of it. I didn't read all of it. I read enough to be like, wow, he is a racist piece of shit. He he's just a piece of shit. Period. <laughs> but yeah, piece of shit. Okay, so hating on, uh, hate, we hate Lovecraft. So Montrose was not, definitely not in support of his brother or his son reading anything by Lovecraft. So we find out that Montrose has been missing for about two weeks. Um, and Uncle George tells Atticus, like, you know, he was gone for about two weeks, but he's like, you know, your dad, when it sounds like, you know, he's a drinker or maybe he goes and kind of does his own thing for a while and he kind of falls off the map and then comes back. So right now we're thinking that he's been gone for about two weeks. So uh, Atticus has this nickname and it's called, people call him Tick. So he was like, okay, he's trying to crack the case deal. Like he has to figure out what the hell 
um, happened to his, his uncle, I mean, to his dad. And so he tells his uncle that his dad actually wrote him a letter and it was about his mother's family's origin. So the mom, his mom has passed away and they're trying to, his dad was doing research on where her family, who her family was, where she was from, kind of just figuring out who her people are. Um, and then in this letter, he tells him, you have a sacred birthright that has been kept from you um, and that you need to go to Lovecraft uh, County to a town called Arkham, Massachusetts. And um, they both say, oh, Arkham, Arkham, like the corpse reanimator, Herbert West. And I was like, okay, pause, because I don't know what they're saying. Like, that was like, <laughs> uh, this must be something else. So I went and researched. Herbert West was a character in H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's 1922 short story called Herbert West Reanimator. And basically, he created the zombie. So what this character did was created this like serum that you stick into people and it brings dead bodies back to life. But the dead body, the dead people that come back to life are reanimated and they basically cause havoc and violence on the living people. So um, mm. Herbert is then ostracized, made to live off outside the community. And uh, his only friend is the narrator of the book, but they don't tell you the name of the narrator. So um, I feel like this is maybe the creation of our modern day, what we call zombies. Mm. So I think Sounds I like put that some in foreshadowing memory. into something. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, so then you see uh, um, Tick, who is, uh, as we know, it's his nickname, is Atticus. He read it all wrong. So his uncle goes by and looks at the letter. He's like, it's not Arkham, it's Artem, Massachusetts. So uh, he was like, okay, this is where we have to find, where we have to go. But you saw like Tick's mind goes directly to a, an H.P. Lovecraft uh, uh character in a novel. Um, so they now we know they're looking for Artem, not Arkham, Massachusetts. Um, and then Uncle Tick, he was like, you know what? I got, I mean, uh, Uncle George is like, I got to go out and, you know, for my next tour. So why don't you come with me and we'll go to this place and we'll see what your father was talking about. Maybe he's there. So um, he's like, okay, great. great. So he decides that they're going to do that for their next trip. Um, so then Atticus was like, he's doing a little bit more research on what happened to his dad. So he goes to the bar that I guess is kind of like next door. Um, and he was like, I need to find the bar owner. His name is Sappy. So we kind of see Sappy getting some happy time from a gentleman in the alley. Um, and so, uh, Sappy tells him, yeah, your dad was here about, you know, about two weeks ago, but you know how he is, you know, he's clearly the dad is an alcoholic. Um, he said, but he left with a well-dressed white man driving a, a really expensive, silver car and he said i have not seen him since so we know the dad is with this white man in a nice silver car it's not a police um and that now he need they need to go to um artem massachusetts not arkham massachusetts <sighs> so it was a lot in that scene <laughs> yeah the who was the name of the guy at the bar who seems like um he was like the bar is about to close for the block party um but then that's also the guy who saw the white uh the silver ford that his dad drove away in. What was his name? Because I so think it was going to be important somewhere. So I didn't get that. The guy that stood up, there were two different people. So the guy at the beginning that when he walked in and said, hey, you know, hey, Tick, I didn't, I didn't get, catch his name. Um, the guy that told him about the silver car and his dad was a guy named Sappy, and that's the bar owner who was getting a blowjob. Right. The Sappy is the bar owner, but he didn't see him. He said the person who saw him was the guy uh -huh. who said we're closing for the block party that's okay why i didn't get that seems like they have like some kind of contentious relationship or something mm, i didn't it was strange because i'm like maybe he bullied tick when he was little 
for being like a a, a nerdy kid, maybe. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get to it. Yeah. I didn't get his name though. I have to go back and, and figure that out. Um okay. but yeah, that was it was a little, some good information. But yeah, I will figure out who that guy who that guy is. Um and I also look up his name in uh, in the IMDb. So then the next scene cuts to this amazing, beautiful block party. And the one thing that I wanted to call out was the color saturation and how beautifully uh, shot everybody was. Like, it just looked like a painting that was just put out there for Black people to have a beautiful, gorgeous time. Um, then we meet these two sisters, Ruby Baptiste and Latita uh, Lewis, and they call her Letty. Uh, the crowd, you know, they're, they're up there singing and they're having a good time and, um, the crowd's like, you know, sing this song, a whole lot of shaking going on. They're like, oh, you want to hear that white people in white people music? Oh, ooh. So now I was like, okay, press pause. Why is this a big thing? So um, I know a whole lot of shaking going on, like a lot of, a lot of us do. Was, and I only know it by Jerry Lee Lewis, um, who made it popular, but it was a song that he stole from Big Mama Maybell um, that was also conducted and arranged by Quincy Jones. So it was, I love that narrative of white people stealing black music. Um, we know the Beatles are, a lot of rockers did this, the Beatles did this. They stole a lot of black music from Motown and black blues and jazz singers re- released it before they did and it got large releases and got very rich off of it. Yeah, you know, so, Quincy Jones gotta be 173 years old. He always Listen, If you look at Quincy Jones's like his documentary and then you read, he has been, he has done everything. He has worked with everybody on some stuff you didn't even know about Mm -hmm. yeah i I definitely didn't know this i knew about big mama maybell but i didn't know that quincy jones was attached to this song at all um so that was really beautiful uh to kind of figure that out you also Uh, tell in that scene that there was some tension between them even before they got into a discussion but Mm -hmm. the sisters yeah you're talking about the sisters yeah letting them yeah because ruby was like oh here she come again like you didn't even hug your sister. <laughs> she was like, she was, like it, she was not excited at all to see her two. It apparently hadn't been around in a while, and she just looked at her like, "Oh, this bitch." Here she come with all this food, this shenanigans. Right. But that's uh, what I was like, is but she I feel like that because of of who Letty is, like her personality, or is there? I feel like they're gonna do some kind of colorism storyline somewhere along the way, because. Letty is clearly looks, I mean, in real life, she's biracial. And yeah. Ruby <laughs> is a nice brown skinned woman. So I was like, some, they're going to they're gonna play this up somehow. Yeah. Oh my God. And then that blue light on her skin. I was like, Ruby up there glowing. Hello. Her skin is beautiful. Yes. Be- flawless, beautiful. And me, forty-one, still has adult acne. Like, give me a <laughs> It just seems like a um, what's the damn name? Journey Smollett. I don't. I, I'm yes. bad. With, I'm bad with names in real life. I damn sure ain't gonna remember no character names. I'm just gonna call. Them, I'm just gonna call them. <laughs> that, that that big ear boy. Anybody? That's that auntie um, in you, baby. You know that. You know who I'm talking about. Um, you know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> I ain't never known nobody names. Even when I was twenty, I'd be like, you know, the boy from Africa. No. Um, <laughs> It seems like she just, uh, by the argument she later has, she just seems like she's real flaky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever that is. I'm looking forward to that backstory. Yeah, we need to, we need to unpack some things. Yeah. So we find out that, you know, Letty had missed her mom's funeral and Ruby basically had to pay for it. So she's not staying in like the best boarding house or the best, you know, place to live. Um, and then 
I, I guess, you know, that kind of is the the gist of it. And she like, she's like, I need a, a place to stay. And she was like, well, you got two days here. But after that two days, you got to get on down. I was like, damn. I know, right? <laughs> she gave her a high 48. She listened. She, she like, did her like um, Sister Knight did Will Reeves you, for a few days. And then, you know, after that, <laughs> you get out of here. <laughs> a mess. So uh, while they're outside at the block party, we t- uh, the scene cuts to inside and um, at uh, Uncle George's house. And we find out that when he went out on the road, that he has been beaten by white people. He had, I guess, broke his kneecap. So he's kind of icing his knees. Um, and then they decide, they're opening up kind of the, the maps, you know, now we have our phones, but they have these huge books uh, of maps of, you know, the counties and the cities and the places that you need to go. And his daughter's kind of gone in like illustrated different things over the different counties. And Artem, uh, Massachusetts, um, the uncle says that, you know, I couldn't find it on any census for over two centuries. Like it just wasn't there anymore. Um, but he finally finds it in that it's, it's in, located in this place called Devon County. And that's called a Sunset County. Um, I had not heard of Sunset Counties or Sunset Cities before this. Okay. And I've lived in the South my, both my whole, I've never... I've lived in the South my whole life. I just have never heard of it. Yeah. Um, I didn't know this was a thing. Um, I didn't know the terminology. Yeah. I knew it was a mm-hmm. thing. Like you need to get out mm-hmm. of here before the sun goes down. But I didn't know that there was actual like term for it. Yeah. I didn't realize it was I, that I, far north is what I didn't realize. Chicago. Yeah. Well, in yeah. Massachusetts or whatever. It doesn't seem like it would be, but. Yeah. So I guess, so yeah, you learn something new. Um, so uh, after after the scene is over, uh, we see Tick heading up to his dad's house and he passes this really beautiful silver car just kind of parked near his dad's house, windows blacked out and he just kind of walked past it. Um, and uh, Tick goes in and he kind of is looking around the apartment. He gets his dad's gun and he uh, picks up um, a copy of the Count of Monte Cristo, Cristo and a picture of his family falls out of the book. Um, so he kind of puts it on the pillow and you see that that's a very, some, it's clearly very important to him, this book. I have never read the, the Count of Monte Cristo. Um, if, I don't know if you guys had anything to read into this. I've watched I, the movie several times. Does, is that you think that it's, how is it tied into this? Like, do you, you think there's a, a, a signifier? Or? I, I, do you want me to tell you what everyone in the story of Count of Monte Cristo? <laughs> I'm not going to read it, so go right on oh in. Oh, well, the movie. I'm not going to watch it either. Old, go on. I mean, it, it's good. It has Spoiler alert. Spoiler um, alert for people who read. <laughs> no, it's just about somebody patient and diligent enough to uh, seek out revenge on someone like 17 years later. Uh-oh. And they, they accomplished it. They were meticulous in how they executed it and, and planned it. And, mm. Okay. Sounds like a good book. And it's yeah. written by... I didn't, um, it's written by uh, Dumas, who also did The Three Musketeers. Okay. I believe, I believe that he also did The Three Musketeers. And if so, he is um, a black man. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I really want to do all this reading. Side note, I know I talked about the black man doing all this good reading. Y'all, I've read nothing but articles on my phone. I really need to read some books. I'm not learned enough. I don't know if that will factor into this show about, you know, planning revenge or not, or if it's just a shout out to a, a black author from that time. Cause you know, this was 
well, I don't know, when did the Three Musketeers, I don't know, 17th century or something? I don't know. But that's what the Count of Monte Cristo was about. And it was a Black author, French. So I don't know. It, well, you know what? You can start tomorrow <laughs> if you want to. The library, are the libraries open? I mean, I don't know if I need to get my library pass back. But anyway, I just was like, oh, they're making so many references to all these stories and books and poems. Yeah. What? Well, you have time. You can do it. Um, so we see him put the book down on the pillow. Then he picks up the phone and like calls out all these numbers. I know where he was calling. He calls South Korea and um, a lady picks up the phone, but he doesn't say anything. And she says, no, Tick, is that you? You went home. You shouldn't have. And then he like hangs up the book. Like, I mean, hangs up the phone. He's completely sh like he shook. So I was like, okay. So now we have a lady in South, in South Korea who knows it's him. And she told him not to take his ass back to Chicago. So apparently the lady on the phone, the South Korean lady on the phone, Mm -hmm. is the image of the lady that he had in his dream. That that lady, that's who okay. that person is that was on the phone. The alien lady? Yes. I did read that later. That she, um, I guess they're connected somehow. And that, she was on Road Rules or Real World. She was on Real World San Diego. That South lady. Asian, the South Korean lady. Uh-oh. Okay. I'm but excited. it's the same lady. So he must okay. have a relationship with this lady. Okay, he knew all them numbers, so shit. I was like, I don't know how you remember all those numbers <laughs> and where you're calling. It's crazy. So the next day, Tick um, and Letty, Letty decides to join them. Uh, and Uncle George, they are getting ready to depart for the next tour uh, for the guidebook. And then they're saying, you know, we're going to go to Arbum, um, um, Artem, uh, and, you know, check it out, look for your dad to see what we can find. Uh, Letty's brother uh, is on the stop as well. So then she was like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna hop in the car. Let's go and let's roll out. Um, so before they leave, Dee, uh, George's daughter, she gives him like her little comic book that she wrote. It's a, it's a, her mom's face. Um, and it's a comic book called Orinthia Blue. And it's like about based on her mom. So I thought that was really cute. And I feel like that's something that we need to keep in our minds because that kind of mm -hmm. like stuck out um, a, a, another part of this um, episode. So that was kind of cute. And you saw them kiss and no, it was just nice. And I was like, oh, you're going to, you're also cute little black family. I love it. <laughs> uh -oh. So then we get to, I guess this is where like, I was, I got kind of bored, um, but not in the way that most people might think. So it's kind of, it's like, it just says Midwest, like on the screen and they start driving. Um, as they start driving through the Midwest, you hear James Baldwin speaking over uh, what's happening. Um, then you, I immediately recognized uh, coming to life of a lot of the pictures from Gordon Parks um, in the segregated, uh, segregated Jim Crow America. He did a beautiful uh, series of pictures, um, like black, black entrance here, white only um, photos in, in this show. The way they brought them to life was just, it's something I had, had not seen before. Uh, I thought it was just absolutely brilliant. Um, and so they're kind of driving through all these different towns. And then you see this billboard and you hear, you're listening to James Baldwin's voice. And this billboard says, niggers, uh, don't let the sun set on you here, comma, understand. Um, so I was like, oh, okay. I have never seen that. And again, learning <laughs> that just sunset, get your ass Get your ass out of town. I don't know where you're going to get to, but just get out of here because it's terrible. Um, what did y'all think about that scene? That seemed like a bunch of scenes. <laughs> I mean, it was just yeah. long. It was just, I said, that's, I, my note said a bunch of racist shit as they travel. Uh, yeah, you know, 
to be expected. Again, the only thing I was kind of like, I was surprised that sundown towns were so explicitly, um, I guess, stated some so far north. Or, I mean, and, and it may not have been, it just was for this story, but yeah. Mm. I thought that was really, really deep south stuff. Yeah. I was like I said, the, the scene was beautiful. I just got bored because I'm just like, I feel like I'm at the point where I'm so tired of everything being so racist. Like, can we just like drive? Can yeah. black people just like drive? You said that you said that last week, and I'm like, and now you want to dive into love <laughs> country? <laughs> what is the same thing uh, that you were thinking, Mimi? I was like, she said that last week, but we are right here. We are right here. We're like in it. Like this shit is fucking. We like knee deep in this shit. So I was just like, yeah. And this is our third thing that we have talked about race on this show. Like yeah. True Detective, freaking yep. The Watchmen, and now Lovecraft Country. All HBO. I don't know. It's a lot. Well, but the reality is, if you do any sort of historical piece mm-hmm. that's based in America. You're going to have to face racism. <laughs> like it's yeah. inevitable. You can't do it. You can't do any piece but prior to 1980 mm-hmm. in America and not have racism be in it. And if you yeah. avoid that topic, then someone's going to be like, "How did you avoid the whole topic of racism and something yeah. based in 1965?" It's like, like, well, <laughs> so. like, oh, please. I love. I did love hearing. Uh, James Baldwin speak and I love the Gordon Parks uh, photos coming to life yeah. and I was able to see what he was when they brought his exhibit here a few years ago um, I was able to see it so it was it was it was beautifully done I was just mm-hmm. like yay white people white people saying doing white people shit and being mean, mean and evil and I was like dang it here we go again yeah so let's keep it moving oh well um, so they're tra- they're going to travel to this place called Simmonsville. Um, and uh, George has found this place called uh, Lydia's Diner. Somebody gave him a hot tip and that it's supposed to be a safe place for them to put in the guy. So um, he's like, OK, let's, you know, let's try it. But Simmonsville on the map, when his daughter, uh, you know, it was like, you need to, she's like put on there, like, you don't need to stay here very long. It's a very, very racist place to be. It's not safe. Um, so they, they go, they arrive at Lydia's, but it's a different name on the diner. It's not Lydia's anymore, but they were like, oh, we're, we're here now. Let's go get some lunch. And I was like, this is not a smart move, guys. Hey, gang, <laughs> don't, y'all got no sandwiches or something. Just, I'll just, good idea. So they go into the, the diner. They sit down. There's a young white guy behind the counter and this other white guy, older white man. And the white man walks out and they're like, can we get some menus? We can try to eat some lunch. Like, come on. So the young white guy is just nervous. So um, Letty decides to go to the bathroom and she hears the young white guy, the, uh, the, the waiter talking on the phone, basically calling up the other people being like, hey, there's these three niggas here that's about to eat some dinner and we need to, you know, get rounded up. So she kind of peeps what's going on. And at the same time, um, you see Atticus kind of looking around like all the white, the, the walls are like freshly painted white. And he was like something. It was so it was so like get out to me and I was like, <laughs> get, out, get out get out yeah <laughs> so he asked his uncle like why you know why did they paint the white house white and he was like oh it was you know they kind of they tried to burn it down so they had to paint you know the paint over the char you painted bright white and so he was like oh, okay then he moves a tile on the floor and it's, you can tell it's been burnt so clearly 
some racist white people have come and they burnt Lydia's down and then just took it over and painted it. So mm -hmm. this is not, do not put this in the guidebook. This is a not safe place. To Take this off the guidebook right away. Immediately. <laughs> and then it was a good funny scene. I like, I really enjoyed like, that might've been like my, one, my favorite scene out of the whole show. But I was thinking the whole time, Back in the day when we used to go on road trips, we had a cooler with sandwiches and fried chicken wrapped in foil and all kinds of stuff. I was mm -hmm. like, where is their cooler? They went through a whole checklist of, do you have all this stuff? Not one mention of food. <laughs> yeah. What happened yeah. here? I didn't think about that. But I was like, I was like, is this why we all, we did the same thing. We had, all our food was with us. We had our drink. You stopped to get gas and go to the bathroom. You rolling through. So I was like, maybe, but that might be a byproduct of our families not being able to stop, you know, in uh, in certain towns. So I was like, oh, shit. So then Letty, when I tell you, how, this, and I, I was tears crying. When she ran out that back, she basically was like, get your ass up. You got to get the fuck out of here. I was like, get the fuck in the car. <laughs> I, Journey's screaming voice is a little annoying to my ear. I was uh -huh. like, I hope she ain't screaming a whole lot in this show. I think she's gonna. I think this is gonna be a screaming kind of show. I know, but it was just like her. I don't know. Her screaming voice doesn't match her regular talking voice to me, or mm -hmm. something. Or her face is just really almost grating in a way. We gotta get the fuck. I was just like. <laughs> Look, she got in that car though. You, you never saw her. She, you know, she tells us why she's so fast later. She got the hell out of there. I was like, y'all better come on. <laughs> she ran her ass up out that, that uh, out of old ladies and got in the car. So she drives them off. And she, I was like, I said, she drove like a bat out of hell. So uh, the, right when they run and get into the car, these um, other white men with guns pull up in this truck and they're trying, they're shooting at them and Basically, we're going to kill them for trying to eat, you know, eat lunch um, at this place that used to be Letty's that they clearly have already burned down and, and probably killed Letty. Um, uh, or Lydia, I'm sorry, Lydia as well. So she's in the car. She's driving. These, the, they're shooting guns at them. Um, and all of a sudden, she sees out of the corner of her eye. She, I mean, she's, they had to be going fast as fuck. So then she sees that there's this uh, the same silver, nice car that we saw at... Um, at uh, Atticus's dad's house is now kind of on a parallel street and they're going to converge. So she just, she gets, she puts the pedal to the metal and she's like, I got to go in front of this car. So the car ends up coming in between them and the guys in the truck and they caught, they flip the truck. So they kind of, I don't know what that's like, called. It was like a force field. It was yeah. like they hit a force field around the car and the yeah. truck flipped over. Yeah. So it's kind of like, and she almost like, I guess she, they kind of like, jackknifed it almost so um they the guys fly out of the the car and they're on the, the ground and they stop the car and Atticus is looking at they shot the back of the window out so he looks at the back and this white woman just she's very well dressed just gets out of the car and she just stares at him doesn't say anything doesn't do anything and then they just pull off and I was like keep that in your memory bank scary white ladies in <laughs> well-dressed white ladies in silver car <laughs> okay right um, so Letty's driving, so they're, they just kind of drive off and they make it to her brother's house. 
and um, Letty's brother's last name is also Baptiste, like Ruby. So now we can, her, her Letty's last name is Lewis and theirs is Baptiste. Um, so they go in and uh, what I liked about this scene was the brother asked, well, how, you know, they're talking about the car chase and he's like, well, how did y'all get away? You know, how did y'all make it out? And they were like, they all look, kind of looked at each other and they all lie. Like they, they don't tell him the truth that it was a silver car that stopped all this from happening. They just said, oh, Letty, you know, let, Letty motherfucking Lewis drove us, blah, blah, blah. So I thought that was really cool because, you know, when you need mom's a word in your family or your friends and somebody asks a question, y'all all know not to say nothing. Like, that's what it was. I was like, yeah. I like this. I like this. Um, her brother tells, uh, tells him, like, you know, we've been doing research. I did some research on Devon County. And uh, he has this huge file. Um, he was like, there is a really bad sheriff there. This town is bad news. And there is a city, uh, a town in Devon County called Byford. Uh, Byford used to, is a, was named after an old English town that was founded by people that were witch hunters. And they said they hung a woman because she had sex with a demon that was in a, a form of a black man. So basically. The original Karen. The original Karen. Like, give me a Give me a break. Um, then he says, um, you know, people go out. They don't like outsiders. They don't like people like us. And people go missing a lot of the times um, kind of in the woods around uh, this town. And people don't know, like, if it's wolves or maybe bears or something. But there is like a high uh, rate of people going um, going missing in this area. And that their sheriff was a former Marine, but he's very bad news. He had this huge NAACP file on him. I guess all of these different complaints and all these things about this guy. And uh, he was like, this is just a third of it that we saw in the show. So, you know, this guy's a really bad person, um, which pissed me off. because I'm just like, we're still dealing with this shit today. Exactly. Um, ugh, ugh, made me irritated. So um, then he says, you know, Artem uh, is basically in the middle of nowhere. And then the uncle said, there's no guide stops. There's no, there's nothing. So everybody else looks nervous, but Tick was like, I don't give a shit. Like, this is where we going. We gotta, I gotta go there. Like, he does not waver. He never looks nervous, really. He's always just, I don't know if this actor is just that great of an actor, but he really made me think, I'm like, if I meet this man in real life, I'm be like, oh yeah, her go Atticus. Like, I'm not going to see, I would see this character be like, yeah, let's go Tick over here. Let's go see what he's talking about. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Tick over here, cool as a cucumber. I don't know. I saw him in, in the Five Bloods first, the season of Five Bloods, and then to see him in here, and I'm like, yeah, Tick. Atticus, you know, kind of the same character. I think okay. he may be a little typecast, maybe. Okay, okay. Well, he's, he's doing a great job. I haven't seen Five Bloods yet, but he's doing a great job. It is on my list. Um, so, uh, Letty and her brother are kind of getting into it, and we find out that her brother sent her money to come to the mom's funeral. And we know Ruby already mad at, still mad at Letty for not for missing the funeral. And she says, I had to bail my friends out of jail. Like, I had to use the money for something else. So, I feel like maybe her friends are in the movement. Um, Maybe that's what she, you know, they had gotten locked up. Maybe they were freedom writers or something. So maybe she had to use the money for, for, to get them out of jail. But she did, like, everybody's mad because she missed the mom's funeral. And that just, it made me think of Imitation of Life. And I was like, mama, mama. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so my movie. That's, my, that's my crying move when I need to get a good cry in. I turn on Imitation oh, of Life. Is that, is that what you do? You, you go look at Sarah Jane? <laughs> Listen, when she was like, when she tried to hop on, hop on that casket and did yeah. the Jackson sing it, y'all, I'd be done, done. I had my whole sixth grade class look at Imitation of Life during Black History Month. Like, I just was growing I loved that movie growing up. I don't yeah. know. Were they mad at you after yeah, that? Depressed. That was a press. I was about to say, was your whole class mad at you after that? 
I don't even think my class even understood what happened in the movie. But I was like, the movie's so good. <laughs> it's such a good movie. I should have known then how my life was going to be different from theirs. But I listen. <laughs> Poor kids, devastated. They still think about that shit today. Nervous. Right. Just depressed. Um, so we find out uh, that George uncle george and i'm like why is he so on he on it he on with this case and i feel like we see him uh he's kind of trying to make up for that uh he's tick calls him out like you didn't take you didn't protect me from my dad and he says i also didn't protect your dad from our dad so i guess it's kind of like abuse has been handed down generation generally generationally and george is kind of feeling like maybe this is a way for him to make up for that um so yeah hopefully he can i don't know um, and then they're kind of having their argument inside still. And he's like, that's not our family's business. Like, let them argue it out. And then we just need to take care of ourselves. Um, and then we find out in the scene that Montrose stopped talking to um, Atticus because he joined the military. And his father was very against him joining the military as a black man. So he, he kind of is still feeling bad because he's like, he would never write me. You know, I was overseas. I was lonely. You know, he never did anything. But then George is like, well, he asked about you and he would wait all day just for me to tell him about you. Um, so it was just that kind of that miss those missed opportunities or miscommunications between Montrose and Atticus and a lot of time wasted. Um, I think it says a lot that he's like, my dad treated me bad. Clearly this man was a drunk. Clearly he beat me. He didn't write me, but I'm still going to go out and try to find him. So um, I thought that was kind of nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Poor good man. That's a good man. Atticus is a good man. Listen, and poor lady. She oh, just need to, I feel like you just need to buy your whole family like a dinner or something because you need to make up to everybody because they're gonna be mad at you for Elvin Alpha. I mean, right now I'm thinking like Atticus, you too good for lady, because I already see that coming. <laughs> well, yeah, that was trash from all I can tell right now. <laughs> But it was coming from both of them. Ad she was giving Atticus looks at the beginning, and then he was giving check checking her out. It's coming. But yeah, she's wearing a cute outfit too. So this is where we get to the climax of the show. So, and her brother tells her like, "You can only be here one night too." So like her her sister says she can only get two nights. The brother only said one night. So she really ain't got no else to go. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. She's you peeding everybody. everybody's cereal, apparently. Shit. <laughs> but everybody Cocoa Puffs, okay. get out of here. Um, so then we see them headed to Arbram um, uh, MA uh, in Devon County. So they're driving and they're looking for, uh, there's this railroad track they're looking for to take them to this road that will lead them to uh, where they need to go but they can't find it they've been driving around in circles all day and uh they're kind of you know george and atticus kind of getting irritated with each other so they pull over on the side of the road kind of take a break and um uh atticus starts telling letty about the shaga and he was like oh it's you know it's a, mo a hundred a monster with a hundred eyes and he's in a lovecraft story he's a huge blob and you know they're kind of laughing about it and she was like your imagination is crazy and um as they're talking and kind of laughing and kind of getting to get, getting back together, the sheriff um, that we know has a huge NAACP file and all these complaints pulls up on them. And he was like, you know, what are you doing here? He's just being the best racist he can be. Mm -hmm. um, and he basically tells them, you have seven minutes to sundown. This is a sundown, you know, town. And you have seven minutes to get out of here. Um, or I'm basically going to lynch you. I was like, so you're going to lynch all three of these people? I'm like, y'all can take him. I just felt like, I thought you could take him. <laughs> I just was like, 
he looked really old. I think he can break his legs. Like, I feel like the three of us together can, we got our little pistol. Like, somebody can figure something out. I would not go down without a fight. This um, was, this, this was what scared me the most in this entire show. So what happens is they get back in the car. The sheriff starts going behind them and you see the sun is slowly, slowly setting that setting. And, you know, they have seven minutes to get out of town. So they're trying to not go over the speed limit because then he can pull them over for speeding. So he's basically going 24 miles an hour trying to make it out of town. This policeman is right behind him. He's bumping their car. I, y'all, when I tell you, my stomach was like dropped. I was so nervous and so scared. I was so scared. Even though I think you could take them as, as a threesome. <laughs> uh, right. Here's my little nitpick. So, okay. All right. They run into the sheriff. The sheriff says, you got to be out of here before sundown. The sun sets at 7.06 p.m., right? Yeah. It's the summertime, correct? Because mm -hmm. when they're in Chicago, just the day before, they're going through the hydrant and the sprinklers and stuff. And I was like, it's the mm -hmm. summertime. What sun you know is setting at 7.06 p.m. in the summertime? I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe... Um, it depends on what maybe, time of the summer it is. Yeah, maybe it was just, maybe it was late. Early summer, maybe it was early summer before the before time change. But you were just it can't be because it's they were in the fire hydrant in Chicago. It was hot, so that means it's like July. It's only hot in Chicago a couple months. So I was like, um. I mean, <laughs> and at this point they had traveled east. At this point they had traveled east because they were almost mm -hmm. to where they were supposed to go. So anyway, my little nitpick was. They should have said it eight oh six, as well as the seven oh six. So I was like, uh, I guess they were trying to create a sense of urgency. That was just my little nitpick. I was like, something about this sunset, sun time, seems an sun time to me. Okay, um, I I love this scene just because of the tension that it created, and I was like, this is as scared as I think I'm going to be, and this is the scared. This was as scared as I was. So they're trying to like, you know, out there. It's a low speed chase, first of all. They only it's, a, it's a Bronco <laughs> chase. It's, 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 it's the original OJ chase. This is where, <laughs> where he got the idea from. Yes. Now, so real quick, I, I, the only thing I want to say about that scene is I don't know why they admitted to knowing what a sundown town was. I would have been like, I have no idea, officer. And then he would have had to tell them like, well, we didn't know. We'll leave immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm from, I'm from LA. I don't even know what you're okay. talking about. I'm California. From Alaska. We have six months of straight night time, so I have no idea. What you're about. <laughs> I, I start speaking French. I'm like, we oui, oui. <laughs> yeah. oui, oui. we we. Yeah. the words, you know, we oui, we. Oui. Everything <laughs> at you, we oui, we. Oui. Like, bitch, you don't speak French. <laughs> the, the I'm like, Chris, <laughs> You can like I made something up. But see, so, Lenny, like, she was about it. Lenny, Lenny got a little about it in her, which I appreciate. Yeah. She, when Atticus, she when keep the, you put out everybody's house. When, okay. <laughs> when the sheriff was like, I will let you go if you say, pretty please, super smart. Yeah. 
so I forget all the things that he said. If you say this to me, then I will let you go. I was like, okay, really? But I guess since Atticus is in the military, he follows commands. So he did it. But she was looking like, I'm about it. She was looking like you, man. We could take him. Let's go. Shoot him up. So, uh, so Letty had, and then she gets the gun. So she, during this chase, like she goes and she kind of has the gun. She kind of, you know, in the backseat a little bit. So she's ready to pop off, like do whatever we got to do. So as they um, cross, they're like trying to cross the line and he looks up, he's like, there's the bridge, there's the bridge. That's, I mean, I'm sorry, those are the railroad tracks. And that's what they were looking for. They make it over the county line. I was like, whoo we win we won we're we're free and then y'all and i tell you my stomach fucking dropped then it was like a police brigade and i was like they did they about to get lynched up like I'm this like, is terrible i know, did you, I know not first see queen, did you not see queen and slim <laughs> you know how this is no <laughs> no she didn't see it oh well i'm I not gonna say well, I heard, y'all did the podcast. I listened to the podcast when uh mimi said i she wasn't gonna pour a little sip of wine out for me and i heard my feelings <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not you on the entire experience <laughs> yeah, just, no sweetness for me so they make it over and you just see this police brigade and I was like oh god so you know that the sheriff has like called the other county like you know these you know these three niggas coming in we gotta kill them so that's basically I'm like they just really like to kill black people I just I'm just like this is too much it's just too much so you see the sun going down like I said like they make it over but now this like whole brigade and they get stopped um and right before um I said like right before you see that tick saw where that railroad crossing was and that's where that's that's where they're gonna lead them to um Artem so the police basically tell them to get out you know get out of the car and they they're like yeah, they're travelers. And I'm like, oh, they think they're gypsies. Like, or not, they don't think they're calling them like, oh, these are gypsy travelers. Um, I love this show uh, called the American, the, they're American gypsies, like the, the Irish travelers and my big fat gypsy wedding and all those shows. So they're like, they're trying to like, oh yeah, y'all stole this and you probably stole that car and you broke into this house. And we're basically, they're marching them into the woods to kill them. And so they have them on the ground like oh shit i'm like are they just gonna be ghosts for the rest of this, the nine episodes i don't even know it's like it's the so, grand opening grand closing shit. <laughs> <laughs> and they're right and they're dead <laughs> so uh as the uh, one of the policemen has a gun on them you just see this blob come through at all these teeth and he rips like rips this man's arm off and basically kills him so you're like, I'm like, oh God, the Shaka have come. And right, you know, at the beginning we heard Tick tell uh, Letty about the Shaka, the hundred, this blob that's like a hundred eye monster. So they basically are getting torn up, these police getting torn to pieces. Um, our three characters are on the ground and these monsters are just hopping out of the trees and eating them up and killing them. And they just break off running. Um, so then uh, Letty and uh, Tick run off with the sheriff and one of the policemen, but they left Uncle George on the ground. Like he just like on the ground with his flashlight and they find this cabin. They run into this cabin and then uh, the sheriff had gotten bit by one of those uh, monsters. And so he's kind of there. He has his gun and they're still being super duper racist. Um, and Uncle George ends up coming up. He finds them. So they pull him inside 
and Uncle George is like uh, looking at everybody and the sheriff is just acting really weird and he's kind of like sweating and I was like okay this got very cabin in the woods real fucking fast like I don't think we should be in this cabin I think we should just run into a tree I don't know what we should be doing but this is not our place I thought Uncle George was gonna play dead because that's what I would have done with two bad knees (laughs) and 56 years old I would have been covering myself in blood and just laid out in a contorted like (laughs) <laughs> pose and be like, oh, I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> you ain't gotta come over here. I'm like, I'm broken. All right. Like, he's brave as hell to go through the woods with a flashlight looking for them. Cause there was no way I'd have been I would have laid there until the sun rise. <laughs> <laughs> so he has his flashlight, so he gets in and he's he make he says a quote from Bram Stoker's Dracula and basically like, well, you remember what happens, you know, to when you get bit by a vampire and like basically, you know, you get bit by a vampire, you turn into a vampire. So then we see that the sheriff is basically turning into one of these creatures. Um, so I'm like, oh God, this is this is too much, it's too crazy. And they're like, okay, so he's like, but then you know, vampires are scared of the light. Like they're, you know, they don't they sleep in coffins in the daytime they're out in the night so he was like they're probably scared of light so if we uh there's we can use the headlights from the wagon and their flares in the back so uh the sheriff is like letty has to go so she was like i got this i'm gonna i'm gonna run my heart out and i was like did you about to die on this day i was like please don't go out there and get yourself ate up by all these uh, chakras or whatever they call did you say she, said she was a she said her chakra yeah she she said she was a high school track star. Remember, I was a world-winning yeah. track star. I, I did the 40 in two seconds. I got it. She had really good form. I was surprised. Because, you know, most most movies where, uh, you know, that are track movies or mm-hmm. some sort of athletic movie, and they have an actor in there playing basketball or football, and you looking at them, you like, Dude, at least get somebody who has the form of an athlete because your ass looks terrible. But she had good form. Like, you she know, what I'm saying? Like, she actually could have run track at some point. The only she, thing that in the horror genre, right? If you, they normally say, save the virgin, right? Like, and like, so the, the, they normally don't kill the virgin. So I was like, yeah. either Letty is a virgin or um she is not so she gotta run for her life but i was like i wonder why they didn't get her because she didn't have the light and yes she was yeah. going fast but i was also like it was a lot of them yeah um i don't know i was like i feel like the virgin in this is always it's going to be i was like well if, if the only person that has to make it through is atticus so i was like maybe they're going to sacrifice letty then she'll be out and then she'll be a letty ghost and then Atticus will live. So I'm just, I put in my mind, everybody was going to be ghosts at this uh, show. <laughs> and there's going to be ghosts for the next nine episodes. So I was like, and the ghosts. So Letty, Letty, you saying both that shit. She gets to the, to yeah, the truck. Really <laughs> like in the dark, in the woods. Like I was like, you're great. You did a really good job. Um, so the sheriff is now turning into one of these monsters and he bites the other policeman that's with them. So now you have two of them turning into these, uh, what do they call Shakar, Shakar? Monsters. Um, I was naming it. I don't know what the real name Chanel, is. Chanel or something. It has y'all, a G in it. Y'all have, y'all have renamed these monsters five times. <laughs> this episode. Like, one time you called them the chakras. I'm like, I don't think they chakras. Chakras are positive things. <laughs> you want your chakras aligned? These are not chakras. But, uh, whatever they are. 
Yeah, whatever they are. So Letty, uh, so they're turning into these monsters. Letty makes it back to the car. She one follows her and like uh, she ends up um, turning on the headlights and then she turns on, gets her camera and the flash on her camera uh, makes him go away. So then she just puts the pedal to the metal. Like we already see that she has crazy great driving skills. So she drives to the uh, the cabin and basically goes to the wall and kills um, or knocks it, knocks him out, the sheriff and the policeman that had turned into these monsters. So they're knocked against the wall and then they kind of go out, they walk outside and they have flares in the back and all you see is like all these monsters like just start jumping down and like trying to about to kill all of them and i'm like they have pants on so it's like so all of these monsters were people that have been turned into monsters like they're whatever they're called i did not pay attention to the hair pants on yeah i was like that pants on because i was looking at the light around them going back to game of thrones and i was like oh the they have the whatever the firewall around them to protect them from the whites from the chakras <laughs> and that was a really pretty scene though like when they put all the flares out and i was like y'all about to be straight dead these flares about to go out they're about to jump on y'all and kill y'all and so right when like you're like okay doom is happening then they, you hear a whistle and the whistle kind of like dog whistle kind of like just all go wherever this person was that was blowing this whistle they all run off and um then we kind of cut to them look at each other and then the next morning, they made it through the night. None of the monsters came back. And they're kind of walking. They find the railroad track. They find this old bridge that was going to lead them to um, Artem. And so they're kind of walking. They're covered in blood. And they see they pop up on this old, beautiful house. And they walk up to the door. And as they walk, you see the same silver, you know, nice silver car there. I'm like, okay, so now that's clearly a part of this story. They're part of this uh, story, for real, for real. And the the door opens and the man is a white guy with blonde hair and he says um you know uh we've been expecting you to to atticus he says welcome home so clearly this is atticus is mom's family's place mm -hmm. so couldn't that all have been solved if the lady would have just picked them up in the car and drove them to where they were going it could have but then we wouldn't have had a great adventure <laughs> you would have just had another adventure <laughs> Something else would have happened because I was like, okay, she could have just picked them up and driven them. It doesn't seem like they were that far. Okay. When, when was she gonna pick them up? Um, after I mean, she had a force field around her because she knocked the other car out when they were in the other town. So she somehow got there before they did, and I'm like, why didn't she just pick them up? <laughs> Get in the car. Get in the car. Hey guys. Um, I think that she could have just been, I think that she could have said something at Atticus's dad's house. That's when we first see the car. I mean, like, hey, I yeah. to your people. But it was a great adventure. This was a very strong start to one of the, the strongest starts to a, a TV show I've ever seen. So I'm like, they came out the block. Like, they did not waste any time coming out the blocks. Like, bitch, we here. This is what we about. You're about to see some black geek shit on a whole nother level. And let's do it. Um, so I'm excited. This episode gave me Quentin Tarantino vibes. Okay, it gave me Sam Raimi vibes. In that it felt like two different movies in one. So all I thought about was Dust Till Dawn. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> um, it just felt like Stranger Things to me. So I was like, okay. I love it, but I think that, but that's what's cool about it. Like they have taken so many nods from so many different science fiction and horror genres. And put them all into this one cool show. Right. I feel like you can see, definitely see Pulp Fiction. You can definitely see 
uh, from Dust Till Dawn. You can definitely see Stranger Things. I didn't even think about Stranger Things when you said it. And then I'm like, for me, it was that it was it was Cabin in the Woods, Eli Eli Roth, and then it was uh, Sam Raimi. Like when you, all that crazy blood and, and monsters changing, I was like, God, this is crazy. I remember the first time watching um, from Dust Till Dawn. I had rented it. This is when you could rent videos. I know the younger generation has no idea what I'm talking about, but um, and I thought that I had gotten the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> this was like the first hour plus was nothing like what was on the cover. I was like, did I get the right movie? I didn't get the right movie. And then it just switches. And that's what it felt. That's what it felt like. It just switched at a certain point. And I think that that leads back to even the name, even Pulp Fiction being a name mm-hmm. of one of his movies. That's what that Pulp, the fiction, Pulp Fiction was the name of Lovecraft's magazine. So I'm like, all yeah. of this connected. But kind of, you know, leading from this Lovecraft, this crazy racist Lovecraft guy. But I, yeah, I love that we all have those three different vibes, and I think all, everything, every, all three of them are yeah. completely relevant. What genre completely is um, Dust yeah, to Dawn? What genre is that? Horror. Horror. Oh. Well, then it makes sense. Then I, I mean, I guess then it means that the, the writers and the showrunner um, that they are they're really knowledgeable of the genre if it's able to like cover so many different movies and we can see the elements of horror in all the different movies or sci-fi or whatever this is. So yeah. I give it an eight out of 10. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm excited. I haven't listened to the, uh, the next podcast. It dropped on Sunday night. So I haven't listened to it yet with the showrunners or with the writers. So I'm excited to listen to that tonight. Um, so yeah. I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm excited to wherever the hell we gonna go. I'm I'm down. I just like after that opening scene, I'm like, whatever ride you're gonna take me on, I just have to settle in for it. Yeah. I know it's gonna be a lot of racist shit. So I gotta just get get that, get my mind right. It's gonna be some more racist shit and just like white people killing black people because they can. It might be some wins though, you never know. I mean they clearly won. I feel like it was a win because all of the the trio yeah. made it. They got, they got ate up. The monster, the true monsters got ate up by the the crazy monster. Which also kind of didn't make so sense. What was the scariest don't part? they know about the woods? Like, wouldn't the sheriffs know about the woods at night? So, so they took them in there. Were they not aware? Mm-hmm. They just thought yeah. it was wolves and stuff. I think you remember everybody said that they mm-hmm. thought there was just a lot of wild animals, but nobody uh-huh. knew blobs with 500 eyes was out there. <laughs> But they knew people went yeah. in and didn't they, they thought it was bears or wolves. Yeah, but you just think like, okay, they right. got killed by a bear. Like, okay, they got murdered. They got killed. So what was y'all's scariest part? Like, was was the jump scare at the end the scariest? Like, uh, my scariest part was when I saw that police blockade when they were on that slow speed chase. Because I was right. like, and we're dead. That, and we're lynched. That was probably it. Yeah. Mm, that wasn't scary because I expected them to be there. Because I was like, I mean... You're going to cross the county line. You're not going to cross the county line into a safe county. We're all in the same place. So mm-hmm. I was like, um, none of it was scary, actually. Maybe the end oh. when um, the mother monster, I'm going to call her mother monster, because it looked like there was okay. a larger monster that was above the cabin. When the mother uh-huh. monster blew the whistle or whatever they did and they all dispersed, I was like, oh. There's a mother monster here. I didn't think the blowing of the whistle came from the monster. I didn't know where it came from. I just know that there was the mother monster, and then I heard the whistle, and they all dispersed. So something is controlling them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a bigger force. This is yeah. all happening for like some causing it. I'm sh- yeah. The bigger force is probably these white people they just met at this house at the end. Oh, 100%. Because, well, I mean, I feel like the monsters are, there was a reason it was so hard to find the railroad tracks in the road. And they, when, and when people and travelers and different people find their way there, then they, the monsters have to kill them and then they become more monsters, like to protect it. I, lo- I love the, when, he, when Courtney B. Vance started to like recite Dracula, like that was really beautiful. Um, just everything. All, every, I thought it was just great. I'm a horror lover. If, any, if anybody does get a chance on um, Shutter Network, they did a whole documentary on Black, black people in horrors called Horror Noir. And it was really, really phenomenal. That was really great. And I didn't, I didn't know a lot about the old horror movies with Black people and kind of our evolution in the horror genre. So I, I, I'm enjoying it. I like that J.J. That, that Abrams and Jordan, and, uh, and Jordan Peele have, did not write this, but they're just executive producing it that it gives it room. I feel like this gives Misha and her team really room to do their own thing. Um, but yeah, I definitely had get out vibes and, and all that good stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm pretty excited about, you know, like his mom died. These are her people or something, but the mom has passed away. So who is she? Courtney B. Vance pulled out that picture of a woman from his wallet. I'm like, is that, was he pining for his nephew's mom? Is this his sister? Like, who was this lady that he pulled out of his wallet? So I was his wife. That wasn't her. No, that was not her. That was another lady. Oh, I thought that was Wait, her. Wait, what? When he was talking on the phone, when he was talking to her on the phone, and she and he told her that she could come out on the road with him the next time, and he pulled a picture out of his wallet. I thought the picture was of her. No, it wasn't that her. It was another woman. Ooh. Okay. Oh. It was when they were when they were at um, Letty's brother's house. Because he was like, I got to get off of Ms. Ba- Mr. Baptiste's phone. You know, I'm calling long distance on Mr. Baptiste's phone. And then he uh, pulls that picture out. Yeah, I didn't realize that. So I'm like, who is this woman? So. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm loving it. Black Geeks Unite. I love it. I love Black people reading and doing all the things that we want to do. Um, so I'm excited. Again, very excited about listening to the podcast and us and us seeing ourselves in this in this genre so i think it's it's brilliant thank you hbo hbo love black people i really think they really love black people <laughs> the new president maybe <laughs> and you know if you go to uh, on hbo max because that's where i watched it there are all these extras so they okay. have like a 41 minute comic-con um interview with all of the cast um i started to watch it it seems pretty good so far and then each one of the characters have like an exploring lovecraft country um thing so i think the extras are going to be interesting to watch too after the episode okay yeah i can't get hbo max on the tv but i can get on my computer Thank you so much for joining us for episode one um, of Lovecraft Country. We are so excited about this. Uh, Hopefully uh, Marcus, AKA, will be able to join us for our next episode. Please make sure that you watch it. Please listen to us um, on iTunes. Please make sure you rate and review our show so that we can uh, make sure that we move up into being uh, recognized on iTunes. And thank you so much. We look forward to talking to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.